Jesus name amen so I want to speak to you for just a little while this morning on this topic make room for daddy would you say that one more time with me make room for daddy how many of you remember the series make room for daddy we got to work on this congregation <laughs> all right let, let me tell you why we need to make room for daddy 24 million children in this nation that's 30 34 percent of the children in this nation live in a home that's absent a biological father when fathers are absent in the home it has a diverse impact on children they are four times at a greater risk of poverty 85 percent of children and teens with behavioral disorders come from a fatherless home they are two times greater at risk of infant mortality they're more likely to commit crime more likely to go to prison seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen they're more likely to face abuse and neglect 70% of all adolescent patients in drug and alcohol treatment centers come from a home with no father present. They're two times more likely to suffer obesity and two times more likely to drop out of school. Somebody say, we need fathers. Dads that are involved in their children's lives or in the home are not just good for the children but it's also good for the mom that in homes that have an involved father mothers are more likely to receive prenatal care they're less likely to smoke during pregnancy they're more they, they have healthier births they're lower risk of postpartum stress there's a lower risk of postpartum depression they are there's lower parenting stress there's more leisure time for the mom higher marital satisfaction when dads are involved everybody say when dads are involved now let me make a statement just because you get a girl pregnant doesn't mean that you're a father it takes something to be a dad say that with me it takes something to be a dad and so what I want to talk to you today about is the fact that the problems that we face in the time that we're in now with men being what fathers should be is not something that is just restricted to our generation. They were struggling with that in Jesus' time as well, especially fathers that were supposed to lay an example of living for God so go with me to Matthew chapter 23 starting with verse 1 I want to read this to you this is Jesus speaking then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses so practice and obey whatever they tell you but don't follow their example for they don't practice what they teach they crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Everything they do is for show. On their arms, they, wide, they wear extra wide prayer boxes with scriptures inside, and they wear robes with extra long tassels. 
They love to sit at the head table at banquets and in seats of honor in the synagogues. They love to receive respectful greetings as they walk into the marketplace and to be called rabbi. Don't let anyone call you rabbi, for you have only one teacher, and all of you are equal as brothers and sisters. And don't address anyone here on earth as father, for only God in heaven is your father. And don't let anyone call you teacher, for you have only one teacher, the Messiah. The greatest among you must be a servant, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. What Jesus is doing is addressing the culture of his day, that there is a lack of men that portray what a true father should be like to those that to those that are their children and it even got into the church or into the religious world so what jesus is doing this he's saying look i don't want there to be any confusion because here's the truth that when you struggle with being able to i can't talk this morning when you struggle with being able to relate to your own father it causes it a great difficulty in you being able to relate to god because God is your father. So if your father was abusive, if your father wasn't present, if your father had anger issues or if he molested you, then guess what? You don't want anything to do with a father. So what Jesus does is he comes into this world and he says, I need to get some things straight right up front. I need you to understand what God always intended a father to be. So I want you to quit calling anybody else father except him because he's the only one that can really give you the perception of what father is. Somebody say, make room for daddy. And so he lays it out and then he goes on and this is really unique because Jesus, while he's here, will touch on the Father at several instances through Scripture. But there are two places where he touches on it repeatedly. The first one is found in St. John, the fifth chapter. This chapter describes the relationship that exists between the Son and his Father, between Jesus and God. It shows the authority and power the Father gives to the Son and the love and unity that they share. It's a New Testament picture of what Father and Son should be. Are you with me? So this is what, this is what he always intended for Father and Son to be. And in this chapter, I want you to think about this. He doesn't even start talking about this until the 17th verse in this chapter. And before he's done, he will mention Father 15 times. 15 times. And this is what he's doing. He's describing the relationship between the Father and the Son. Look at these. My Father's always working, and so am I. How many of you know that daddies teach their boys a good work ethic? Man, it got quiet in here. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, get up off your seat and go to work. It teaches you, they teach you a work ethic. You know what my dad used to do to me every Saturday morning? 
he'd wake me up early. Goodbye to sleeping in on Saturday. He'd take a cold cloth and throw it in my face if I didn't get up. And all day long, we were digging out our basement. You ever sneeze a dirt clot? We wrapped it down, down in our basement with a pick and a shovel, shoveling out, working. He taught me a work ethic. Listen to this. He says that, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the father doing. Somebody say, actions speak louder than words. Doesn't matter what you're telling your kids. If you, you can tell your kids you need to go to church, but if you're not going, sir, neither are they. Set the example. Set the example for them. He talks about, he says to them, in addition to, he said, in addition, the father judges no one. Instead, he's given the son absolute authority to judge so that everyone will honor the son just as they honor the father. Anyone who does not honor the son is certainly not honoring the father who sent him. He says the father has life in himself and he's granted that same life giving power to his son he said and the father who sent me has testified about me himself you've never heard his voice or seen him face to face for I've come to you in my father's name and you've rejected me he came he's this is Jesus talking to a religious world that was supposed to know the scriptures and at one point he'll tell them search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life what's he saying he's saying you're missing the whole point that's why he says don't call anybody father because it's not being portrayed the way that it ought to be betrayed instead look to God as your father somebody say I'm gonna make room for daddy now the next time Jesus starts talking about the father he's talking about the relationship that God wants with us in the 15th I'm sorry in the sixth chapter of Matthew Jesus will repeat father 12 times I'm not talking about father in the sense of a generic father I'm talking about as addressing God as father 12 times in this chapter Jesus gives us a description of what the father wants for his children's lives how many of you dads want the best for your kids wave your hand if you want the very best for your kids you want your kids to excel where you've been Jesus made a statement and he, he talks about and when I was reading the other one he talks about that he's showing me greater works than that these than that I'll do What's he saying? He's saying he wants you to exceed him. He wants you to do more. So he shows us a description of what the father wants for his children's lives and the promise of how he will bless them if they obey him. The first thing he talks about is doing good. How many of you want your kids to do good? Listen to this. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. For you, you will lose your reward from your Father in heaven. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Giving your gifts in private, or give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything 
will reward you. Everybody say rewards. Watch this. He talks to us about our private prayer life. He says, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Somebody say, the gifts are rolling in. (laughs) He's going to reward you. Reward you for what? Reward you for doing what he asked you to do. Reward you for obeying him. How many of you ever gave your kids an allowance? Wave your hand if you, if you ever gave your kids an allowance. What, what was the allowance for? Maybe you got yours for nothing. <laughs> we, we had things we were supposed to do. And when we did those things, rewards came. And sometimes when you, give, when you do those things and you do them real good, you got more than you expected in return. Everybody say, more rewards. Now watch this. He talks about being real with God. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What was he saying? He's saying, remember that your father's holy. Your earthly father is not like your heavenly father. And your heavenly father is not like your earthly father. What's he saying? He's saying your your father in heaven is holy. He would never hurt you. He would never discourage you. But he is holy. He wants the very best for you. Can I ask you a question? How many of you, when you were a kid, if your dad had let you do what you wanted to do, would have gotten in a world of trouble? I was striking matches. I thought it was wonderful. Especially the matches that you could strike on anything. You ever do this? I did that one time and burnt my finger, man. <laughs> my finger stuck to the match. I had on a pair of jeans, and the, I, I, I went like that, and I couldn't get my finger off of the match, and the match lit. And I, <laughs> I, I was in, I, my dad was doing the laundry, and I was, in, I was outside. He was in the laundromat, and we had a lighter in the car, and there was a pack of matches. And I pushed that lighter in, and I was taking these matches and tearing them out one at a time, and I popped the lighter, and I'd light the match. That's a lot of entertainment for an eight-year-old. Light the match. Drop it out the window. I did the whole pack of matches, man. I was so proud of myself I didn't get caught. And then we got ready to leave, and we're loading the car, and Dad goes to open the car door, and he notices that there's a pile of matches outside of his car door. Learn a lesson from this. Hide the evidence. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He, and, and, and so he asked me, and, and I'm caught. How many of you know that God knows what we're doing all the time? You can't hide it from him. He knows, and I thought, man, I'm in trouble, and I'll get back to that story later on, okay? And, and so remind me later about what happened with the matches. 
He wants us to be real with him. He's saying, keep it holy. Keep it. You know, when we think about holy, we think about, sometimes we get holiness completely off. We think about walking around pious with our nose stuck up in the air. That's not holy. That's self-righteous. Holy is about recognizing that our righteousness is like filthy rags. Holy literally means to set apart. And he has set us apart for his pleasure. In this chapter, Jesus teaches us that the Father wants us to forgive. He says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father, who knows what you do in private, and your Father, I'm sorry, I've got up two verses. He says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive you of your sins. Jesus talks about sacrifice. He talks about when you're fasting. And he says, when you're fasting, he said, don't walk around with your face long. And, you know, he said, you go wash your face and you fix yourself up. And he said, so others, others won't know you're fasting. He says, but then, he says, then no one will know that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. How many of you know that, that the Scripture says that every good and perfect gift cometh from above, from where? The Father of lights. What's it saying? He's saying God wants to light up your world. God wants to give you good things, but to, to be able to do that, you, you've got to obey what he's saying. How many of you have ever been, how many of you have ever had God give you more than you were asking for. Uh, think about a father that gives you more than you're asking for. We went to Dairy Queen one time, and well, more than once, but when I was a kid, I remember one particular trip we made, and there were five of us kids, and I was the youngest. And so all the other kids were ordering. My older brother got a brownie delight. Don't ask me how I remember this. He, he got a brownie delight, and I think one of them got a banana split, you know, and they were, they were ordering all these things. And I'm telling you, I, I'm like maybe seven years old, and I'm thinking, this is going to cost Dad a lot. And so when it came my time, I said, I'll just take a plain ice cream cone, a small ice cream cone. And he goes, are you sure that's all you want? Well, no, I want it more, but I didn't want it to cost him. And he said, are you sure that's all you want? I said, that's all I want. I walked away, and everybody was getting their stuff. And when Dad brought mine, he brought me the biggest ice cream cone I'd ever seen. Man, he, that thing was standing like that. My eyes got real big, and I was looking at that. And it made me think about God and said, don't you know that, that, that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, that he's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that you can ask or think, and he wants what, what he wants to give you good gifts. He desires, he said, if, if you being an earthly father and you give, your, he said, if your son asked you for bread, would you give him a stone? If he asked you for a fish, would you give him a snake? He said, if you being earthly fathers, if you being carnal, know how to give your 
children good things, how much more does your heavenly Father know how to give? Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus was saying, don't get mixed up. Don't start looking at earthly fathers and think and get them confused with your heavenly Father. Don't you call any man Father except God because God is what a Father is all about. Somebody say, make room for daddy. (laughs) He talks to us about, how many of you ladies like a new outfit every now and then? Hold your hand up if you like a new outfit. Guys, look, if your wife doesn't have her hand up, don't worry about buying one. you, You like to look, how many of you guys like to look good? <laughs> How many of you guys that want to look at I, You know, Debbie's the one that really got me. I, I thought, man, I thought I knew how to look good. First time she met me, I had on hip hoggers. Hip hoggers. <laughs> I had on hip huggers and bell bottoms. I had my Elvis Presley going on. I had on a... I I had a shirt that had a great big butterfly on it in the back, man. I'm I'm not kidding you. It was a black silk shirt, had a great big red butterfly on it, and I ended up standing against the wall the rest of the night when somebody in behind me said, do you know what your butterfly looks like? I'm not even telling you. (laughs) We get concerned about all this stuff, and this is what Jesus says about it. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. My dad, yeah, and I, I was never a big shopper for clothes, but my dad would take me to J.C. Penney's, and I think that's probably why I don't like to try on clothes now. My dad would take me to J.C. Penney's up to the boys' department, and he'd get the Huskies, and he'd, he'd start handing those in to me, n- new clothes. Try this on. Now I'd have to come out and model it. Here, try this one on and come out and model. I said, come on, Dad, please, can't stop now. And what it was is he wanted me to look good. He wanted me to have the best. Don't you know that God wants you to have the best, but sometimes we're like that fidgety kid in the dressing room, and God's saying, I need you to sit still for a second Because I'm trying to get something to you. I'm trying to put something on you. And if you keep fidgeting around and hopping from one place to another place, I can't. I'm not going to get you settled down long enough to get it to you. Somebody say, sit still a minute, would you? And make room for daddy. Open your heart to him. Open your ear to him. And let him speak into your life those things that he's always intended for you. We have to make room 
for daddy. You say, Pastor Rick, all these things sound great, and you know, this is what happens if I obey him, right? What happens if I mess up? Any of you ever mess up before? What happens when I don't obey? Everybody, we're doing a flashback back to the matches. Dad came out and he saw those matches outside that door. He looked at me and said, you've been playing with matches? I said, yes, sir. He said, you're getting a spanking when you get home. That's a long ride home, man. I was praying that it'd never end. I just, we went home and when we got home, he forgot. I was sitting watching television. I thought, yes. He sat down in his chair and he's watching television. Suddenly I felt his hand on my head. Usually if he rubbed my head, it'd make me feel 10 feet tall, but he wasn't rubbing. He had paused and he said, seems like I forgot something. Do you ever watch the Wicked Witch of the West melt? <laughs> and I was like, I thought this is over. I'm done for. I'm, just... I'm going to get back and finish this story in a minute. What about God? How does God respond to us when we mess up, when we blow it? We got it figured out, right? He's got lightning bolts in his hand ready to take us out. Go ahead. Just mess up one time. I'll send you from here to eternity. And it's not going to be with Burt Lancaster. You'll get that later. And so we get this thought in our head that if we slip up, we're dead meat. And it affects the way we feel about God. And so Jesus understood that we would have mess-ups. Turn around, look at your neighbor, and say, you don't have to tell me. I know. You've messed up. I can tell by looking at you, you have messed up. How can you be so sure? Because the Bible said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've messed up. Jesus knew we would. And so what he does is he paints a picture for us and he shows us something that involves another father and son. And this son wants nothing to do with his dad. He's saying, I don't need you. I just want your stuff. You remember that, those days? Can I borrow the keys to the car, dad? Why, you want to take me someplace? No, I, I, I really don't want to hang out with you. I want to hang out with my friends. I just need your stuff to go do what I want to do. Hmm. Just give me the stuff. I don't need you. don't want to hang around you anymore. And so the father, well, what would we do? I'd tell him, take a hike, right? That's not what the father did. The father gave him the stuff because he knows that the boy's, if the boy's heart is not with him, 
neither is he, even if he's present. And so the boy takes his daddy's stuff, his inheritance, and he goes off and he's spending it. How many of you have ever discovered you've got all kinds of friends when you've got a pocket full of money? David? <laughs> as long as you've got the, the, the money for the gas, the money for the food, you are the man till you run out of money. And who is that chump? Everybody walks off and leaves you, man. They, they don't want anything to do with you. And so what happens is this boy goes out and he's living high on the hog until he has to start feeding hogs. Everything is going great for him until he runs out of money, and then he finds out he didn't have any friends at all. They all left him. And he's so bad off, he's starving. He ends up feeding pigs. And this is what he said, not what I said. He said, I wish somebody would give me some of this slop to eat. It said he would have feigned, he, he would have been glad to have eaten what the pigs were eating, but no one gave him. And all of a sudden, he has one of those moments. Do you ever have an aha moment? A moment when you finally got it? Do you ever, especially when you get older, you remember some of the stuff your parents used to say to you and then all of a sudden you hear that stuff coming out of your mouth? Shut the door. Were you raised in a barn? What are you leaving the door open for? You trying to cool the whole outdoors? Did anyone ever show you how to turn a light off when you leave a room? That's a big deal at our house. Debbie said, I don't care what it costs. I don't want a dark house. You think I'm playing games with you. I come home. If I don't have the lights on when I get home, when she comes in, she goes, what's this? I said, what are you talking about? She said, you didn't welcome me. I said, and, and so what, and, and I've learned this, man. The first thing I do when I hit the door is there are certain lights that I have to flip on or she feels like I don't want her there. I know all I got to do to get rid of my wife is turn the light off, man. She's going <laughs> to. She wants, and so it's, it's like, you know, we, we don't. He has an aha moment. And he goes, man, what have I done? It wasn't my daddy's stuff I needed after all. It was my daddy. And he let me go. Because daddy wanted him to understand something. It's not my stuff that changes your life. It's my presence. And he has that moment and he goes, I'm going home. I know I can't be his son anymore. But maybe, maybe he'd let me be his servant. Because after all, his servants have bread enough to spare. They're not dying of hunger. 
my dad treats my our servants better than I'm being treated. And so he gets ready to go home. Let me borrow you, Jason. He starts contemplating it, and he's thinking it over, and he goes through. Did you ever rehearse what you were going to say to someone before you had to say it? So he's thinking it over. I'm, I'm going to look at him, and if he'll see me, if he, if he'll come out of the house and even talk to me, I'm not sure he will. I'm going to look at him and I'm going to say, I've sinned against you and I've sinned before God. He said, and I'm not worthy to be called your son anymore. But please, would you hire me as a servant? Because I'm so hungry. I know I'll never be able to get my room back, but I don't need my room. I just need your presence because I know as long as I'm in your presence, you're going to take care of me. And he makes up his mind to make the journey home. This whole picture that's painted for us by Jesus is to cause you to understand how God responds as a father. In this parable, the father is God. It's not your dad. It's God. And all of a sudden, as he starts to make his way home, and there's a big hill he's got to go over before he sees the house, and he's slowly making his way and thinking about what he's going to say. And he doesn't know that every day the father has been standing out at the door looking over the hillside to see whether or not his boy would come home. And when he gets a glimpse of his boy coming home, all of a sudden the father takes off running to his son, grabs him in his arms, and while he's trying to apologize, while this boy boy is trying to say I'm not fit to be your son the father is saying go get me the robe bring me a ring and kill that fatted calf we're gonna have a party because my son that was dead my son that didn't think he needed me my son that thought he could make it without me my son that walked away from my presence has come home he's made room for his daddy he gives him you say well what's that got to do with God just read the scripture look at what Paul writes in Philippians that he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you'll ask or think it was more than he could hope for he never dreamed that he would be brought back as a son his hope was that he would at least be invited as a servant. But when the father saw him, the father ran. The only thing that ever made God run was when he saw his child coming home. Would you stand with me today? Demons don't make him run. 
Nations are like a drop in the bucket. There are none so fierce that dare stir him up. But his love for you is enough to make him run towards you to welcome you home. So what I'm saying today is we need to make room for Daddy, our Heavenly Father, in our hearts. Don't allow your past to pervert your way of seeing the Father, to twist it and taint it. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. I didn't have a father. You've always had a father. You just didn't know who he was. <laughs> always. He's always been there. He's always loved you. And when he saw you being ill-used, it broke his heart. But he was saying, one day, you're going to discover me. And when you discover me, you're going to realize that you've been loved all along. When you didn't feel like you had worth, he ascribed worth to you. When you were told that you didn't matter and you were nothing, he said, I made you in my image. And he said, I'm going to show you how valuable you are to me. <laughs> Rather than live without us, he chose to die for us. That, my friend, is the love of a father. So I'm asking you to make room for daddy, to push out all of yesterday's, all the broken promises, all your shattered dreams and everything that tries to keep you from stepping forward, everything that would keep pushing you in the shadows of yesterday, it's time to let go of that and say, here I am, God. Here I am, God. They used to tell my dad, when my, my grandma Sullivan, my mother's mother, Whenever we would go to her house, I don't know how many times, okay, I don't know. She said, the matches, the matches. I'm going to get to that. I'm getting to that. Okay. I wouldn't have if she hadn't mentioned it. But every time, every time my, well, okay, now remind me, I'm going to go ahead and do the matches and I'm going to tell you about my grandmother. All right. I'm over 29. It's allowed. I'm getting ready to have my, well, never mind, okay. So I felt that hand on my head, and he said, it seems like I forgot something. Man, my heart dropped plumb down. And he said, what do you think I ought to do to you? I knew what his word had been to me that if I catch you playing with matches, you're getting a spanking. When he asked me, he said, what do you think I ought to do to you? I looked up at him. Man, I didn't want to say it. But I knew. And I looked up at him and I said, give me a whipping. And he looked at me and he said, well, I'm not going to do that this time. 
And I want you to have learned your lesson. Man, you talk about wanting to do a break dance. <laughs> it's like, I understood mercy. Mercy withholds what we deserve. But grace gives us what we don't deserve. And grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So my mother's mother would look at my dad and she would say, Delbert, that was my dad's name, she'd say, Delbert, you're never going to have to worry about dying as long as Ricky's alive. He said, because he's the spitting image of you. When I was born, my dad went into the hospital where you look at all the babies and he didn't look for a name tag. He pointed at me and said, that's my son. How could he do that? Because he could see the resemblance from the time I was a child. Don't call other men father. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. The breath of heaven is in you. You look like your daddy. Make room in your heart for daddy. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do today. This is Father's Day. And we'll make phone calls and we'll take trips and we'll have meals and we'll hug our earthly dads and let them know how much we care about them and love them. As we should if they have been a dad that was involved in your life. I hate to say it, but every dad doesn't deserve that. Every father hasn't worked for that. But you have a father that I hope you don't forget about today. A father that loves you more than you ever dreamed of being loved. You, ladies, you are his princess. And he wants to take you to the ball to dance. Men, you are his joy and pride. He's poured into you so you can pour into your families and let them see the reflection of a father. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I, I feel like there's something missing in my heart, something missing in my life. I've talked to men that are much older than I am that have talked to me about the hole and the gap that was left in their heart because of the absence of a father. What I want you to understand today is that hole and gap can be more than filled by who your father really is. So if you're here today, I'm asking you to make room for daddy.
I'm going to give just a moment as they sing this song. And if you're here, because sometimes Father's Day, we celebrate fathers, but sometimes Father's Day can be very difficult for kids. I want you to know that you have a father that loves you unashamedly, that believes in you, and that has purpose for you. So they sing this song. Would you come right now and sing it? You are a child. You are enough. service today if you would take someone by the hand right now would you do it and say I want you to make room for daddy this is let me let me share with you and, and I'm going to pray for you my next door neighbor we were on a trip and a fishing trip and I, I had watched my next door neighbor's father get drunk and beat him with his fists and I wanted to take a baseball at, bat and go over and introduce him to Louisville Slugger when we were on a vacation together this is what he said to me he said I wish your dad was my dad think about that I wish your dad was my dad I got good news for you today my dad is your dad <laughs> he, he's more than enough always enough forever enough my daddy is your daddy oh come on somebody hear what I'm saying today you ought to get it come up here Lisa come up here I want to introduce you to my sister we got the same daddy I said we got the same daddy come up here help him up we've got We've got the same father. Isn't that amazing? Now, he may move a little slower than I do, and she may have a deeper tan than I do. But we have the same father. And you know what? We love our daddy, and we love each other. Amen? God bless you guys. Thank you. So this is what I want you to do. As you grab somebody by the hand, we're going to have the best Father's Day we've ever had. I said, we're going to have the best Father's Day we've ever had. 
Why? Because we're celebrating our Heavenly Father today. Are you ready for it? Why don't you go have a barbecue and invite your Father to it? Say, God, we just want to, Father, we thank you for all this food you've provided. Invite him into it. Go swim and ask him to come swimming with you. Go play volleyball and ask him if he'll be on your team. Make him a part of every part of your life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you right now. Thank you for loving us. Thank you when we got it wrong. You made it right. Thank you for always being there. Thank you for when I didn't believe in myself, you believed in me. Thank you, Father, Lord, for creating an atmosphere of family for us so that we realize that we are not alone. So we rejoice in your presence today. We thank you. And we want to wish you the very happiest Father's Day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on and give me a hand clap of praise in here today. We love you. He loves you. And always remember that.